Hi, welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to three teens and a tween. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens yet keep firm boundaries? Do you know that you can do all of this without yelling and feeling frustrated? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's go. Hello, everyone. I'm Kristen. You're listening to Parenting in the Middle podcast. Today, we're going to talk about connecting with your kids. How connected do you feel with your kids right now? And I want you to think about how you're feeling about your kids and if how you feel about your kids affects how you're able to connect with them. Something to think about as you go throughout your day, whether you have little kids or older kids, adult kids, how you connect with your kids, especially if you are feeling worried or upset at them is a skill. It's a skill that I think you can absolutely learn and it ties in really well to self-regulation, which is something that I'm learning more about now. I have, I'm very logical brained. And so that's why with coaching and the thought model, if you're familiar with the thought model, it's very similar to CBT therapy, cognitive behavior therapy, where you learn that your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings drive your actions. And that is really helpful and it's very logical. It makes a lot of sense. So you can think, okay, what am I making this mean? It can reveal all of those thoughts. And once you realize that they are just thoughts, they're not even a problem. I was coaching someone today right before I started recording this. And I love coaching people who are just learning the model. And they're very aware of of a positive mindset and how having a positive mindset and doing thought work is helpful. But when they learn the thought model and you actually see the process, you can get so much clarity. And so I'm coaching this person and she has a thought that she's not good at something. But right now that thought feels like a problem and she wishes she had a different thought. She wishes that when this particular circumstance happened that she would think a different thought. I want you to kind of sit with this idea for a second that even just having the thought that you wish you had a different thought, right, is is not useful. So even though we talk about positive mindset and if you're thinking a negative thought or you're feeling really worried because you're thinking a thought, it's okay. And so I'm, as I'm coaching her, helping her see that just because she has this thought that she's not good at something doesn't mean that she needs to change that thought or that it's a problem because all that's happening is she's thinking a thought that feels really disappointing to her. And so if she can see this thought that she has and not want to change it because she knows that this thought isn't a problem, instead of disappointment, she could feel curious. Why am I thinking that I'm not good at this? Why do I want to change it? Because when you're no longer worried about the thought and you think the thought is the problem, you're not afraid to look at it, to understand it, get curious about it. And what will happen is you realize how much control you have over the thoughts that you're thinking. And you also start managing your own emotions 
that's where you will start seeing the shift. And that is the power of coaching. And I love coaching in the parent space because notice how when your kids are doing well, when they're getting good grades, they're social with friends, they're doing the things that you want them to do, it's so much easier to think thoughts like everything is going just like it should. They are okay and I'm okay, right? But when your ch children start making decisions that you don't like or they're not listening, you're feeling overwhelmed and frustrated and then you're having to figure out, find solutions for these problems that are happening with your children or things that they need, all of a sudden, these thoughts come into your mind that it's not supposed to be this way, my child shouldn't act this way, my child should know better, I didn't do enough to teach them. All of these thoughts that make you feel terrible and keep you from showing up to be the parent that your child needs because especially if they're struggling, they need a parent who is supportive and able to help them in the best way that you can help your children when they are struggling is for you to be okay. And so if you can be okay when they are not okay, that is power and that is influence and that is where you can do the most effective parenting. And I know that all of us as parents want to be effective. We love our kids so much and we want to do the best things for them. And so the best thing that you can do for your kids is learn how to manage your own emotions, learn how to self-regulate so that when things come up and things happen in your life that are really difficult and hard because they will, and that is just part of this life experience, learning how to be okay, learning how to self-care. So you're going to feel these strong emotions come up and then what are you going to do? What plans do you have set in place where you know when you start feeling a lot of anxiety or a lot of worry, a lot of frustration, how do you take care of yourself? Instead of focusing on the problem or what you think is the problem and trying to fix it or change it, you're staying focused on how you are feeling and what you are doing. The problem might change, it might not change, you might have control over some of it, you might not have control over any of it but you do need to take care of yourself. And that is learning how to self-regulate, learning how to manage and process emotions so that you can be the most effective parent for your children. So what I wanted to talk about on the podcast today is three powerful questions that you can ask your children so that you can connect with them because that is the most important thing. Wherever your child is at, um, wherever you are at, in your life and in this parenting stage, learning how to connect with your children will be so valuable to you. So I'm talking to the parent who is frustrated because their child is not listening to them. So if this sounds like something that you have dealt with, keep listening. You ask your child to do something, you ask again and you ask again, you send reminders and you feel like they're not listening. You feel like you're being ignored, you feel like a nag. What do you do? Try this idea of asking three powerful questions. And as you ask these questions and figure out which questions you want to ask and how to ask them, 
how you know is you want your child, however your child would respond to the, however they would answer, you want that answer to be yes or like a head nod. You want them to agree with you. And this is because it's going to create a connection. And when you feel connected to your child, when they feel seen and heard, you're likely to get, and especially over time, this works. You know, it might not work on the very first time, but this is a practice. You're going to get more cooperation from them. So you're going to approach your child. You're going to ask them to do something. And let's just use the example of picking up clothes off their floor. And I have a story about that that I'm going to share later. So you ask your child to pick up the clothes on the floor and they are not doing it. And so you go up to them and you're like, hey, I've asked you to pick up your clothes. I see they're not picked up. Tell me what's going on. It looks like if you had your way, you would leave your clothes right where they are. Is that true? And they'll probably nod their head. Maybe they'll say, yeah, that's, what I, that's where I like them. And then you say, that makes sense. You're probably wishing I would never ask you to pick up your clothes again, aren't you? It must be kind of annoying to have your mom always on your case about the clothes on the floor when you like them on the floor. Is that what you think? And they're really not going to disagree with that. So you're gonna get a little bit of agreement. You're going to connect. The goal, right, is to feel connected. And so from here, you can decide what's next. And so in this, I had this exact same situation happen with one of my daughters. She has clothes on her floor in her room all of the time. And it is sometimes a battle to get her to pick them up. And so one time we were really in this power struggle of having this expectation that her room is cleaned up, that her clothes are picked up. And what happens is she will clean it up, but <laughs> I'm kind of out her. She'll throw them all in her closet. And so then when she wants to go get dressed, all of the clothes that went in her closet are now back in her room on her floor and the cycle continues. So we were just getting tired of this situation and we were in a power struggle. She didn't think there was anything wrong with the way that she was operating. And she actually liked it that way. And so um, it was a teaching moment, but we were in this power struggle and words were said, we were all mad. Her, her, me, her dad, my daughter, we were all mad, but yet the room had to be picked up. Like we were at our wit's end. And so, what ended up happening is I just decided, you know what, I'm going to help you and I'm just going to do it. And I got some pushback and she said, no, mom, don't touch my clothes. I don't want you in here. Why are you in here? Why are you doing this? And she's getting really upset. And I tried to stay as calm as I could. And I was like, I know I can see you're upset, but I cannot handle seeing these clothes on the floor, and I, as your mom, have to help you learn how to clean them up. So I'm just gonna do it. You can stay in here and you can help and we can get this done so fast, or you can leave and I'm just gonna take care of it. Now I knew she wasn't gonna want me to stay in her room without her in there. and I, I, I had a pretty good idea. She wasn't gonna want me to just clean her room for her and she wasn't gonna be like, oh sweet, my mom's gonna clean my room. She didn't want me in there. And so she wanted to get me out and I figured out that in her brain, the fastest way to get me off her back would be just to help. And so luckily that's what happened. 
she starts reluctantly picking up. And I had already decided, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not annoyed anymore about it. I'm not mad about it. This is just what I'm going to do. And her room's going to be picked up. And that's my goal. My goal isn't to get her to do it. My goal is to be able to see the floor. And so I'm hanging up clothes. She's helping me. And all of a sudden, because we had had this connection, because I wasn't upset and yelling at her, because I wasn't shaming her, I just was like, you know what? I just really want to see this picked up and I'm happy to help you. And so you can help and we can get this done fast or you can go. And I think we had probably taken her phone away too. Um, so she knew she was, it wasn't like I was letting her off the hook if she wasn't going to help me. But um, I had just resigned that I was going to pick up a room with her help or not. But she stayed in there and she started helping and we got it picked up and it wasn't that hard and it didn't take that long. But because I was calm, she was able to calm down. She was able to connect with me. She started talking to me. She started telling me things that were going on at school and not, not anything that was a big deal, but little things just because I was in there and we were cleaning our room up together. And so afterwards when it was all over and so it started as a huge power struggle, we were all upset, actually ended being a really good night. It ended as one of my favorite nights with her. We were cleaning her room and I couldn't believe the power of connection that we had felt. And so seeing her clean room and feeling this connection with her, I was like, oh my gosh, I have the best idea. I know exactly what we're gonna do. So every night, me and your dad are gonna come down to your room and we're just gonna help you clean it up. And we're gonna talk to you and connect with you and it's gonna be so much fun. I mean, I was really excited about this. And how do you think my daughter felt about it? Right, like whatever mom, super annoyed. <laughs> like that would be like the last thing that she would want. But, that was, it was so fun for me to have this idea and to say, you know what? I mean, if you want us to come in, we can totally help you clean your room and that would be amazing. If you don't want us to come in, then you probably should keep it cleaned up. And it was kind of a funny moment because obviously it's not like we would literally go and clean our room every night, but it really helped her make the decision that, you know what? I really can keep things picked up and my, also my parents are willing to help me if I don't. And if I really don't want them to bug me, then all I have to do is keep things cleaned up. I wish I could say that this was like the solution for the messy room. But what it was, was a powerful lesson in connection for me. Having a daughter feel so upset and so mad that um, and overwhelmed, right, with everything that she had going on. And then me not backing down from my expectation, noticing my expectation was that her floor was picked up. It wasn't that she was happy to do it. It wasn't that she wanted me in there to help her. And it wasn't even that she had to do it all by herself. It was that this floor needs cleaned up. And if that means I have to do it all by myself, that, that's what that means. And it also means that you might lose your phone privileges for the night, which definitely facilitates some cooperation there. But she didn't have to be happy about it. 
But what ended up happening, because I was calm and things were calm, she calmed down. She wasn't in that fight or flight stage where you say things and do things that you really don't have that much control over once you get to that place. And we ended up having a great night. So connection really is the number one key to getting your children to cooperate. It's not always easy, but asking those three questions, having three questions in your mind that validate your child's feelings in the moment. It's probably really annoying for you that I keep bugging you about this, isn't it? Or I know you would rather just never clean your room again. Wouldn't that be amazing if we lived in a world where you didn't have to clean up your room and it, it just worked that way and functioned that way? Wouldn't that be amazing? Like truly, I don't know. It gives your ch child a chance to pause and think, yeah, that might be cool, but also that's not possible. I don't know. It gives them a chance to pause so that you're not in this power struggle, this tug of war. If you think about a rope and you're on one end, your child's on the other, when you are both trying to convince the other why they need to see it your way, your child's going to pull and show you why you need to see it their way. And I'm pretty sure that you're not going to see it your child's way. And I promise you that they feel the same about what you are saying. So avoid that power struggle as much as you can. One of the things that I say is that if you don't make room for a power struggle, then there won't be a power struggle. And so one of the the things that I love about these powerful questions that validate your child's feelings and thoughts is it doesn't leave room for that power struggle. When you can agree with them that, yeah, it's really annoying when your parents have rules, <laughs> have restrictions on your phones. I know that would be the worst. It kind of catches your kids off guard because they want to argue with you, but they can't. What would they say? So, so do all that you can to avoid making room for the power struggle. Avoid getting in that back and forth argument about why they should see things your way because they don't have to see it your way. You can have your expectations and your children don't have to be happy about it. So then what? How can you, how can you work with them to help them? Because our children's brains are not developed yet. They aren't, our brains aren't fully developed until I think like 25. And that's why if you go rent a car, you have to be like 25 years old. And so they're not even, they're not even developed yet. And here we are expecting them to behave as if they have control over all of their thoughts and feelings and actions. And so then when they freak out or they throw a fit or throw a tent, temper tantrum, we just think it's terrible. And that is usually when our kids need loved the most and supported the most. Not when they're behaving and when everything is going well, but especially when they're not. And the most effective thing we can do as their parents to help them through these, these times where they have really strong emotions is to be calm. Calm is contagious. I like to think of that in my mind, that calm is contagious. So if I'm calm, then they will be calm. If you're thinking of like a newborn baby and that precious time where things are just quiet and calm, and then when that baby is crying, what if you started crying too? Um, 
you know, really loudly and screaming. Your baby's going to cry louder. It's going to be scary for them. Same thing as your children grow up. If you can be calm and just hold space for them to have all of their emotions, as loud as they might be, you will be more effective at helping your children manage their emotions if you can stay calm. Okay, for more tips on how to manage your own emotions, how to coach yourself, how to intentionally think about the circumstances in your life, go follow me over on Instagram at Kristen Goodman Coaching. You can find me there. Jump on my email list. I'll, set, I'll post a link down in the show notes. I would love to hear from you if this was helpful. I have a parenting course that is going to come out in a couple of months. There will be a group coaching aspect to it that's going to be so fun. I love the community that is built when groups of women can get together and talk about what's working, what's not working, what's a struggle, because when you can be authentic and vulnerable with other people who are sharing some of the same experiences, we can learn from each other and it helps us feel better. We're not alone in this. We're all going through the same similar experience. And it really helps to know that we have so much support around us, along with learning these tools that are so powerful, learning that our thoughts really do have such a powerful impact on our life. And so let's choose the best thoughts that are going to help us be more effective parents. I have some really fun guests that are going to be featured on this podcast soon. I'm so excited to share with you. So if you have not subscribed to this podcast, go and do that so that you are informed when these episodes release. Have a great week.